Hey, it's Drex from This Week Health Cyber and Risk Community, and I want to invite you to our next webinar. It's going to focus on what else? Defending health data. I'll be chatting with experts from Rubrik and Microsoft. Register right now at thisweekhealth.com slash rubric webinar. That's all one string, R-U-B-R-I-K webinar, thisweekhealth.com slash rubric webinar. See you online soon. Welcome to This Week Health Conference. My name is Bill Russell. I'm a former CIO for a 16 hospital system and creator of This Week Health, a set of channels and events dedicated to leveraging the power of community to propel healthcare forward. Today, we have an interview in action from the fall conferences on the West Coast. Here we go. All right, here we are at the Health Conference, Health 2023 out here in Vegas. And we're catching up with Molly Zimmer. Hello. Who is in charge of emerging technologies at St. Louis Health System in Boise, Idaho. That's right. And we already discovered that you have no title. No you, title. It's like innovation, emerging technologies. Yeah, I'm a ghost. I don't even collect a paycheck. I just love how yeah, well, you show up. Yeah. Amazing. Well, for emerging technologies, this has to be an interesting conference. I mean, it's, I, there's so many boosts in there. What do you see besides the word AI on every? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it's funny. I'm totally going to take this opportunity to compliment you because I, you're probably like sick of it. But I think just no, yeah, like. Yeah, I think I'm but I think like when you look around and you see like the giant walls with all of the vendors, like all of these amazing technologies that you could never possibly evaluate, I guess I shouldn't say it. they're probably not all amazing, but you just don't know. And it's so one of the things I appreciate about this week health is you do kind of like sift through the chaos a little bit and give us little bites that we can work with. So this conference is absolutely amazing for emerging technologies, but it's also completely overwhelming. Oh, <laughs> And it's interesting because people all say, hey, why don't you do work interviews in health? And we had, I'm looking at Holly behind the camera, we literally received hundreds of emails of people, hey, do you want to interview us? And we'd read yeah. through the thing and would say, focus on the mayor side or focus on the consumer, focus on, yeah. and, and, or pharma. And we would just look at these things and say, no, we're just going through them. Yeah. But that's what goes on on that floor. You almost have to go into them and say, do you have a solution for variety? Totally, yeah. You have to be very clear on what your problems are and what the priority is, or it's just, you're out of luck. Totally, yeah. So AI is on every billboard. How do you determine, like, who's using AI effectively? I guess you start with the problem. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yep. And I think, so you start with the problem, and then once you think you know what the problem is, you also have to know that's laden with assumptions, so then you have to actually talk to your customers. So. In our case, we're really just interested in how can we really make our workforce sustainable? How can we improve clinicians' experience today so that they don't want to leave the profession, right? I'm a former teacher, so when I see some of the burnout that's happening with clinicians, it's exactly why I left teaching, right? So I want to do anything we can that can move the needle in a clear way, that's a or a clear time savings. And those are the things that really matter more than just seeing AI. Can we really see how this could effectively move the needle at that area? So, pajama time. So, what you guys call it? Pajama time, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and we just did my team. So, we do emerging technologies and also we kind of have this. Do you know Todd Dunn? Yeah, everybody knows Todd Dunn. He's a legend in innovation. So, he's kind of been a mentor to what Wolf Reed and I in the area of innovation. And so, we also do a lot of facilitation. So, we just did this huge 
workshop to be a workshop with our providers on InBasket. The whole shooting was all about InBasket. And people are completely burnt out with these constant notifications. So it's sort of through their lives, right? But it just adds so much stress. And so how do we kind of clean this up and deal with these things that should be making us more efficient, but are just adding stress? So what did you learn talking about InBasket? That sounds like a lot of time. It was, yeah. Well, so we were just, the 10 minutes prior, we were just talking about how often there's this mistrust or kind of divide, at least in the lens of the business versus clinicians. So the biggest thing was we got everybody in the room to talk about the problem. So it all being siloed in two different directions, pulling on the same thing, right? So we got aligned on the problem and we got aligned on four solutions that we prioritized that we're going to move forward and test. So it was actually really successful and exciting. Yes, uh, sometimes just getting people in the room to hear each other. It's huge. It's huge because you hear all of them and then people assume, but it's like, why aren't you working on my thing? Right. But when you put them in a room and they all hear from each other, they go, oh yeah, that's more important than my thing. Oh yeah, and one thing that we found too was there was a lot of work going on. Even like like IT had really partnered with some of our APPs to work on this, and other people didn't even know that it was going on, and they were just like relieved to know. Oh my gosh, you're prioritizing this huge pain point for us. So yeah, that communication is huge. We'll get back to our show in just a minute. We have an excellent webinar coming up for you in November. We had an excellent conversation about AI in September with three academic medical centers around the topic of artificial intelligence. It really was exceptional and we released it on our podcast channel so that we could share it with a wider audience. I wanted to explore that topic a little bit more and I asked a couple of additional health systems to join us to explore the use of generative AI and other forms of artificial intelligence to see if we can identify some pragmatic approaches to how health systems are looking at taking advantage of this technology. The webinar is on November 2nd, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time. You can reserve your spot on thisweekhealth.com. And one of the things we love is that you can submit your questions in advance and we can make sure that we answer those questions and keep the webinar relevant to the things that you're looking to talk about. So please join us November 2nd, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time. Now, back to our show. We're hearing AI being applied to the in-basket. Yeah. What I would say in a very generic way, right? So uh-huh. it, reads, yeah. it reads the message and it reads a draft response to the message. And I think that's that's the way that IP gets in trouble. It's like, oh, there's a solution. We're going to bring it here. We're going to put it in. Well, yeah. the, the more sophisticated way is to essentially do what you just described. It's it's to uh, identify the whole of the problem. Oh, yeah. Look at it. Are, yeah. are you applying AI to those solutions? Are some of those just really just blocky attack focus? It's all of it. I mean, what you just said is exactly the beauty of that because when you, and we use like the business model canvas, those tools that Todd can do sense to. And when you really look at the jobs to be done and the customer points, it's not, an auto draft is not going to fix 90% of those, maybe not even 50, right? You know what I mean? Like, so yeah, we have to look at that holistically. We are piloting the AI, the auto generating, and it's been interesting. We've learned a lot, but we absolutely had to look at where, I mean, there's workflow considerations, there's lack of standardization, shocker there, right? Of the way that people handle and route the messages, the way that people use their nurses. Like we heard some real horror stories of like, 
I have to print off the messages and mail them to the providers and he writes the notes and I put them back. So absolutely, we have to just really look at it holistically bring it all together. You know, I, was, I forget who I was interviewing. Uh, I get great stories before and after. Yeah. They were talking about one of their offices. They were they went in and essentially the doctor still practiced as if it was on paper. And yes. the administrative team, which is highly loaded, they were trying to figure out why do you need so many administrators? Every morning they come in, they color code and and print out everything and put it on clipboards. Oh my goodness. And hand it to the dog so that the dogs essentially practice the way they did 10 years ago. Well, so the irony of that story is, I, I mean, I have several trusted clinician colleagues and I hear often like, the statistic I heard last week was 85 cents of every dollar in healthcare go to like administration. But that's hilarious to me. Like they think that's annoying that we have so many people, but that's part of the problem, right? So it's really interesting. Well, the other thing is call centers. Oh, absolutely. When you think about it, we, we had a ton of call. We had yeah. a ton of big call centers and there's expensive software associated with that and CRM associated with that yeah. and other licenses and seats. But that wasn't our problem. Our problem was that every physician practice operated as a call center. They took from right. And so we had the better part of 500 destinations people could call into the question. Right. And so when we wanted to standardize the responses, yeah. we, we really couldn't do it without like there's only 500 licenses of the oh center. Oh my gosh, yeah. And then training their staff. And if you train them like they're call center people, they look at you like, I, I do a lot more than just the call center. Right. So in your role, are you just looking at the technology side or are you looking also at, okay, this has to be a, we're gonna have to change the culture. Probably more of that, more of the, and that's my wheelhouse. Like, I love technology, but I think even like generative AI, AI in general, it's a change management exercise. It's about the people wanting the technology. So no, I think it's absolutely, you have to, again, you have to go near your customer in the struggling moment. You have to understand their pains. And most of the time there's a whole kind of suite of services that have to go along or even maybe just processes that have to go along with that technology solution. And it's going to fail if you don't do that. So that change management side, if you had a bunch of people out there saying, okay, what's the magic? What works? What doesn't work? I heard part of it is you get everybody oh, in that room. Yes. That's a great place to start. Yeah. So now everybody's level set. Hey, these are the four things we're going to do. Yeah. So it's, I assume, uh, communication. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what other things? Uh, there's a little bit of magic involved, which is not very helpful answer, but my little team, like, I do think we are able to connect with folks and bring them in. We have a nice little innovation center. So I think getting them in the room, creating a safe space, and like we do, so stop them. Like we do a yes and exercise, it sounds so cheesy, but like getting people, especially physicians, so driven and kind of stereotypically type A. I'm sorry, yes and exercise. Yes. what? Yes. Okay, so. Um, you say something, improv, just say yes and. Improv comedy, right? It's a tight of improv is that you ask me a question, I'll say, Bill, that's a dumb question. How dare you? I want to talk about this. Yes and is all about taking whatever you're given and then taking an element of that and then adding on to it. And so when we do ideation exercises with these groups coming in, especially when there's tension in that room, we like, we'll do some of these exercises to get them to shift mentally into that space before we ideate. So if I play the antagonist <laughs> you know, position, it sounds funny. I go, we just see the get rid of the And you would say, yes. Yes, and, ooh, this is so good. Yes, and, Let's think about how that might impact our patients. Well, our patients really don't care. 
as long as I'm providing the best care. That's all I really care about. Yes, and some patients, this is hilarious, some patients actually really want to be involved in managing their care and understanding what's there. And if we don't have an HR, they can't actually kind of look and be part of their care journey. Well, we used to give them folders of <laughs> and that was enough. They debate. And you know, I don't want them being researched under an OMIC. Some of my office. I mean, I've heard all these things. Yeah, I, know that. I, I don't want them to leave in my office with Dr. Guru. Sure. Uh, I researched this, and they go, look, I think I have Legionnaire's disease, and you're like, oh, what? I will say that I actually just wrote, I just finished up my final paper for my first class of my master's degree. And one of the things that I looked at was, I'm not going to read exact statistics, but when people are actually involved, especially like chronically or, or patients with comorbidities, that's so hard to say, when they're involved in their care and they're involved in their care plan, they have way better outcomes than patients who just show up when they have something going on. So there's actually some evidence behind it. Yeah, patient engagement is yeah, probably another area we're very close Yeah. To. Yeah. Molly, we can talk for another hour, yeah. but I appreciate it. I love you so good to see you. So good to chat with you. Thank you. Thank you. Another great interview. I want to thank everybody who spent time with us at the conference. I love hearing from people on the front lines. It is phenomenal that you shared your wisdom and experience with the community, and we greatly appreciate it. We also want to thank our channel sponsors who are investing in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders. They are CDW, Rubric, Sectra, and Trellix. Thanks for listening. That's all for now.